Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to welcome back our guest today, Dr. Armin Schwarzbach from Armin Lab. Thank you for joining us, Armin. Thank you, Linda. Coming back after crisis, Armin with you together. <laughs> okay. So I think you have some exciting news to share with us. Yes, absolutely. We have a lot of development now in the world. Um, so the yeah, this catastrophe with this SARS-CoV-2 virus showed us exactly the way we were already uh, moving on, moving forward. So we came from Lyme disease and um, we thought everything is Lyme disease, uh, which makes fatigue or uh, multiple sclerosis or um, other issues like rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia or whatever you name it, um, these uh, conditions. Uh, but we found over the years that it's not all Lyme disease, where I came from, from uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Then we uh, learned about these co-infections, which are in the ticks. Um, so I came from the tick-borne illnesses, um, where I was educated and very interested in. Um, and uh, the co-infections also brought us into, I name it always a one-way street, so with a, with an, uh, with a dead end. So we, don't, we didn't, didn't come really forward with all of these antibiotics, antibiotics long-term, whatever. And what we found um, shortly before COVID, I think it was three, four years before that started, we found a lot of patients with gut viruses, so-called enteroviruses um, internationally, um, which mimic the so-called uh, Lyme or co-infections, surprisingly. Um, Especially we found before um, Corona came uh, in 2020, we found already a lot of these enteroviruses. One of these is Coxsackie virus. The other is the echovirus. They are very, very neurotropic. They make mitochondrial pathies. They make leaky gut. Uh, they make all conditions in the body like Lyme disease. So <laughs> the symptoms uh, cannot tell you which infection it is. Uh, that's clear. Um, so then we found a lot of EBV infections in the patients with Lyme disease, but they didn't suffer from Lyme disease any longer. Maybe they had it, I, I cannot tell you, but still uh, getting antibiotics, 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 and um, or trying some other, uh, some other remedies like disulfiram, uh, which was not helpful over this. Uh, we had also good experience with LDN at that time already. I remember the first years I came to LDN group um, in Vegas, it was, I think, 12 years ago or so. So we had already good experiences with this LDN, um, but not with the antibiotics that time. Um, and then the story moved onwards. And as you know, I'm very interested in all infections. And I came always to the story with the gut immunity. So the gut is for me uh, so important for our immune system. It's uh, the antibiotics destroy um, the, uh, the good and healthy bacteria in the gut, but they provoke, they do provocation of this inflammation and reactivation of these gut viruses. 
gut viruses are also other viruses. It's not just Coxsackie and Echovirus. It could be also um, cytomegalovirus, CMV, or EBV, the Epshamba virus. I, I will talk late, a little later on that because this is phenomenal uh, situation now, what we see and what we can do, how we can treat, also with LEN. Uh, so we had this uh, ongoing gut situation with the antibiotics. We destroyed the gut. Some patients get a little better, but not all. Some get better. So how it was over the decades of years. And then uh, we came to this virus. And then the big virus came. Okay, it uh, was horrible story, but I was confirmed with this. And I said, okay, now we are absolutely my field. What does a virus mean? A virus mean um, it's an infection. A virus is coming. What does a virus do always? Um, it makes an inflammation. So uh, I came to uh, like, there's a professor in, in Ireland, Jack Lambert, he's named, he did a model before crisis with the two eyes, it's named infection plus inflammation. And I said, yes, I think he's correct. But I added the third one. I said in all of my presentations, 2020, 2021, we have an immune system. So all of these pathogens, whatever it is, parasites, yeast, mold, uh, Borrelia, Lyme disease, whatever, you name it, uh, SARS-CoV-2, they are meeting our individual immune system. And the immune system is really horrible in us, okay? Because we have a lot of um, infections in us without knowing about them. As an example, you have this herpes simplex virus on the lips. You, you, you say, okay, it's coming, going, immune triggered. We know that immune system, immune dysfunction. But this is the third eye, um, to name it three eyes, infection, inflammation, and immune dysfunction. So these three eyes belong absolutely together in this, all of these infections. Every infection is doing the same. It's not just Lyme disease. Um, and as the herpes simplex virus, um, the problem is this is a neurotropic virus, and it's in the deeper tissue, in the ganglion. So it inflames our nerve system. It, it's associated, as an example, with multiple sclerosis, with Parkinson's, with uh, carditis, heart problems, arthritis. So you could say that's Lyme disease, but it's not Lyme disease um, from the symptoms of the patients. The same is with this parvovirus B19, or as another example, uh, the Epstein-Barr virus. And then came, um, it was cl pretty clear that um, the patients, um, they were suffering and, and they died from uh, COVID-19, so horrible stories, but most of them had really a bad immune system, not all of them. A virus can be very aggressive. This we name it virulence. Um, these are different factors. So it can kill you immediately, like Ebola or Huntan virus, 50% death cases. Always inflammation, coagulopathies, you get strokes, you get thrombosis, you die by that. Um, and this was the story where we came also uh, to say, okay, this model is fitting uh, to opportunistic viruses. Why should we not develop a, a co-infections, uh, sorry, co-infections, that was the Lyme story. It was post or long COVID checklist. And I put all of my brain, my memory, all of my thoughts, all of evidence-based literature into that symptom checklist for long COVID patients. We started really early, I would say 2021. And um, this checklist, um, yeah, this hits the nail on its head. So it's really clear, pretty clear. 
that by some patients get fatigue or myalgic encephalomyelitis or neuropathies or other conditions from this opportunism, which is reactivated. Normally, as you know, we control herpes simplex virus, we control um, the Epstein-Barr virus, we control the cytomegalovirus, we control HHV6, which is also um, a, chronic, a very hard virus, neurotropic, chronic fatigue, myalgic encephalomyelitis, and all of these stories again. So mitochondropathies and, and whatever gut, gut viruses, they can be everywhere. Um, why can they be everywhere? Just to mention that they are using the macrophages and a passive transport uh, mechanism. They can uh, infiltrate into your brain, inflame it into your heart, everywhere. Uh, we see it. Um, so the viruses can be everywhere. It's not just the viruses. Also the, the chlamydia, mycoplasma, which are bacteria belong also to this complexity of anemic chronic multiple infections. So in every body we see in nowadays with long COVID, this one part of my main work now, um, to how to diagnose them, we find the viruses. We find maybe some parasites. We find yeast and mold. We find also maybe some Lyme disease. We find also, but the question is, was Lyme disease before or <laughs> is it now getting worse? All of this, um, what we can say, all of these infections depend on our immune system, on, on the strength of our immune system. And what about the TH1, TH2 shifts? You know, this is really important because um, we know nowadays that patients um, switch to the TH2 um, dominant and that means they develop autoimmune disorders by TH17 pathways and also they can develop cancer, which is also a tragedy from this. So to, to boost the boost, and now I come to the, I, I know that some are not uh, like, like these words, but we have also post-vac patients after vaccination. They got a boosters very sick because I think they were overboosted, simply overboosted. Too many antibodies, too many immune stress by these vaccinations. Why should you vaccinate and boost the booster booster and <laughs> over booster patient it really doesn't make sense you know so um we came more to the model also th1 th2 uh, balances anti-inflammatory therapies ldn to use it consequently in this patient group um, it's really uh, not just to do promotion for this uh, remedy it's for me much better and no risk uh, to use it in this group of long covid patients and post-VEC uh, syndrome patients. So we know that the, uh, this um, coagulopathies, where the blood is getting thicker, these patients have cold hands, cold fingers, they have oxygen deficiencies. So also some uh, oxy oxygen therapies or, or zone therapies could help. Additionally, immune support helps these patients, a healthy nutrition for the gut, basic and all of this. Uh, it's a long story, what is now behind that and what should we do now? with this patient by our therapies. Um, I'm now convinced also to say that for that chapter that, that we need, we need really um, also to um, diagnose a little the immune dysfunction. So we are doing now a lot of CD3 cells for the cellular immune system, uh, CD4, uh, 57, CD56 and natural killer cells. We do now CD19 for the humoral immune system. We do immune globulins. Um, so we need to check is there any immune deficiencies? So many patients we see they have immune deficiencies without knowing. The doctors are not checking. They are no immunologist. And we learned again by this tragedy with SARS-CoV-2, we learned that um, 
um, this uh, virus um, met um, immune systems, you know, individual immune systems. And what, what I really um, hate to say it this way, not, not I say because maybe sometimes it could help in some indications, is the other corticosteroids, this um, immune destruction. What we are doing, the doctors, they try to work anti-inflammatory with the corticosteroids, but on the other side, they destroy the cellular immune system. We see that. And then the whole cock of viruses um, and uh, maybe parasites and uh, bacteria, chlamydia, mycoplasma, yersinia in the gut, uh, they all reactivate it individually. And then we have the problem, it's like an explosion in your body. Um, <clears throat> more TH2 production, maybe more TH1 cellular tests. We are doing this uh, so-called iSpot. iSpot is a, was a new development to um, for Lyme patients and also all other infection, uh, infections to find out. Um, is it more past infection? Do we need treatment by interleukin-2? We are doing this cellular test a lot around the world. iSpot, it's named. Uh, not the Elispot, the iSpot. That was also very innovation, also in SARS-CoV-2. Uh, why the, the people wanted this test because they said, yes, I, I don't want to get vaccinated. I have a cross reactivity with other coronaviruses or I had already corona without showing antibodies. Not everybody shows antibodies, okay? Some shows just the cellular immune response, not the antibodies. But also different, um, how is your balance? How are you strong in TH1, TH2 production? Um, but what are the doctors are doing, they destroy our immune system. They use metotrexate and all of this stuff. They block cytokines. Okay, maybe it could help a little, but this is not a concept to me. You know, this is a helpless situation um, with a lot of side effects of this uh, immune suppression and this opportunistic infections uh, blowing up. And then it's like an explosion in your body and the patient getting worse, worse, worse. And in this situation, if you are using antibiotics, if you say, oh, I have Lyme disease, now, or have a bacterial infection, be really careful because um, you will definitely end in this one-way street and you have a dead end. And then you will get worse. You destroy the gut. 70-80% of the natural immunity we know now is the gut, is our gut. So we need to support the gut, not to use these chemotherapies with these antibiotics. I'm not completely against antibiotics, but uh, to say uh, this hardliner therapy, I'm not so so the friend of this any longer. I, I would say, please support the immune system. Don't destroy your gut. Uh, uh, do a healthy nutrition. Don't use the antibiotics. Maybe use probiotics, prebiotics. Do something um, against the inflammation uh, in, in your gut. Um, uh, do, do a really good, a healthy lifestyle for your gut. Uh, be careful with your gut. You, you need your gut. And in this gut, there are the enteroviruses. We're coming back again. So you have colitis, you have the leaky gut, you have the histamine intolerances, we all see that. And if we treat on the right uh, way, and then the viruses coming out from the mucosa, they are all mucosal, all mucosal. Um, they are blowing up from the mucosa. Then you get this herb angina, which are blisters in the mouth sometimes with these viruses. So this is a really a huge complexity, and we need uh, good and educated doctors. The doctors most of them, they don't know. They cannot do that job. It's really um, a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge behind that. Uh, we try to train, train, train. So that was, I think, the complexity, maybe to finalize a little what we are on the way now, to diagnose three eyes. Um, 
we diagnose infections, we have developed this long COVID checklist, we have developed a parasite checklist, that was also a chapter because we saw so many parasites with the dogs and the cats, so uh, Toxocaracanis, as an example, it's so worldwide number one, the Toxoplasmosis, so, so many uh, pathogens in us, so um, uh, the, the, the vets, uh, they, they treat the dogs or so, but, but the humans are not treated with these uh, parasites, and we know what we eat up and uh, the tenia and all of this ascaris we have now perfect test for ascariasis um, so we have a parasitologist in our laboratory now also he's very very good in this field and we try not to do it from stool analysis we try everything from blood 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 um, that makes a difference now and um, the next challenge for us which I'm really proud about that in the laboratory development we have now this mycotoxin profile which is a really really good test um, we can detect the main mycotoxins. And as an example, um, we can just detect the aflatoxin B1, the uh, deoxynivalenol, uh, the fumonisin and ocratoxin A from the blood. This is an antigen test because the urine, the urine has always the problem um, of these uh, creatinine changes and the standardization of this volume you're taking. Uh, it could be good to do 24-hour sampling uh, to standardize this urine uh, for these mycotoxins, but it's inadequate uh, from my laboratory perspective. We, we don't like the urine so pretty much because of this problem of standardization. And this is really a published um, a new test from Finland. It came CE certified, IVD registered. Um, it's uh, really good, the mycotoxins because we see so many uh, mycotoxins in, in the, the carpets in, 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 as an example, in Seattle or in uh, British Columbia, so many people have mycotoxins. Probably it's, it's the, the rain and, and, and uh, all the environment. The mycotoxin profile from blood, it's a cheap, it's a good test. It's a standardized test certified. And so we are working on that. And I think it's much better than this uh, urine test they are doing. Um, so um, the next... Um, great um, challenge for us was to get the American accreditation. I think we are the only laboratory in Europe for tick-borne diseases specialization, uh, which has the CIP, the Clinical American Pathologist accreditation, which is yeah, similar to FDA or uh, let's say Quest and LabCorp, the standards of the really qualified labs. It's, it's not the, um, it's not in-house tests, you know. Uh, in European Union, in two years, uh, we will uh, have problems with in-house tests, which are uh, not uh, certified, not accredited, we will get massive problems and you are not allowed to do that in inside European Union. Uh, so a lot of these tests will vanish. Just to mention the Rantas as an example, the chymokine or some also of the antibody tests for Borrelia for uh, the Switzerland variation. They the Euroimmune took it from the market. Said they say it's uh, too expensive to do this accreditation for European Union. Uh, so um, that will be challenged, but I think it's it's good on the one hand that we have this st better standardization of this test that not just one laboratory can do one test, so that we can compare uh, within different laboratories 
laboratories, our results from different patients. Um, why? Because the quality is then higher than if you do an in-house or home brew test. Nobody can control you. You can say, oh, I make every result positive. Who controls you? It's validated. Yes, you can validate how you like it in a not CAP accredited laboratory. So that was our aim to get the highest accreditation standard. Not so many Lyme labs in America have that also. I talked with one of or uh, different of them. Also, they don't have it um, because it's really a hard challenge to get uh, all tests uh, certified, accredited, and CAP registered. Um, the, the clear what they promote, it's included. So this is just allowance. Um, this is nothing special. Uh, you can do in-house tests with a clear, a lot of laboratories selling that. Um, this is not the way I want to go. My laboratory wants to fulfill highest quality standards, let me say so. And if you have a good laboratory and you trust results, please use a CAP accredited laboratory in America as an example, or in Germany, DAKKS. Uh, in England, it's the UCAS accredited uh, laboratory and not uh, CLIA certified laboratories with not the CAP. Why? Because if the results are wrong, you do wrong therapists and you are the therapist, you're responsible for that. And therefore, the European Union will cancel these tests because the patient may be damaged, wrong therapy, wrong result. Um, this is not the way we should go. Uh, use laboratories with this highest accreditation in the future. Message to all of you. Um, it's a lot of business behind the labs. I know that uh, with this in-house test, the CLIA uh, named labs. No, nothing against CLIA. CLIA, you need CLIA to do some tests, but uh, CIP is the key for the future in USA, in, in Europe. Union, it will be um, a, a special body for that. Um, like you control the cars or the, uh, the also the teeth implants needs this control um, for the because if you have the wrong material for it, you do the implant, you damage the patient. So um, we need better quality also laboratories. I think there was a lot of too many too much business in that of many laboratories. So um, there's the way we are going. Um, I don't want to say we are the best laboratory, but we are, let me say, I'm really proud. I think we are the highest accredited laboratory for tick-borne diseases in the world now. So there's nothing in Europe comparable in USA. I, I think one or two maximum, that's it. So we have really uh, the highest end. Nobody can attack us. So that's good to show here. It's accredited. The, the professors were in the laboratory. They all checked our uh, data. Uh, we, we compare them always, vitamin D levels or whatever you want or so. So this is also Toxiplex. So we are going now that way. Yeah, and um, maybe to finish it, um, uh, coming back to the patient, the LDN is, um, to me, I recommended it really very, very often. I don't prescribe that um, because um, I have so many laboratory work with my uh, personal life, 30, 40 employees now. So uh, it's enough work. Um, uh, but uh, the LDN, Lodos Naltrexone, I'm fascinated. It's, it's riskless and you can try it out without any risk. Um, uh, other therapy options are uh, more riskful. So uh, I don't know the role uh, with these mycotoxins, with um, LDN, with our test results. Maybe I need also some experience there and maybe some data. But what we need all to you uh, uh, attendees we need we need we need we need data data we need we need simply publish 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 it's not enough to say my experience it is or i show some data from my clinic that's not enough we i'm need going to have to stop numbers. you there armin we've yeah. run out of time okay um, thank you but your website is www.arminlabs.com so I'm sure that there is a lot of information there that people can find out about you 
and your testing and, and how to go about it. Uh, we have people from different countries, and you mentioned um, different countries there. Which countries can send you samples? Um, all countries where the corruption is not such a huge problem. Um, we have huge problems, uh, as nothing against Brazil or Argentina, but it's nearly impossible. Um, also Mexico, there are huge issues. Um, India is a problem, as an example. So um, everywhere around the world, New Zealand, Australia, whole Europe, okay, also we get now some samples from Ukraine, uh, also um, Sweden, no problem, Iceland, you can send from all over Canada, USA, uh, we have a fast courier service, FedEx, whatever, two, three days. We all get the samples here in, um, have them in two days, three days finished. Um, so you can send from everywhere in the world, but not from these countries where uh, we don't come in and don't come out with uh, just bakshish is important to come in and let out the samples. So that's not possible, sorry. Okay. But we have a list and we can give you the information. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having joined us today. Thank you very much, Linda. I Thank wish you. all uh, great success with Elian. Thank you. Bye Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.